The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I was going to speak at a hotel in a lot. When I got to the hotel, right when I got there, I had a 3.30 speech. So I parked the car. I got to like 3, like 3.28. And I went straight in to give my speech. And after I gave the speech, there's a man waiting in a wheelchair. And he introduced himself. They told me his name is Avrami Weiss, and he lives in Ramat Beit They told me he wanted to speak to me. He said he was in a terrible car accident, an accident that had claimed his legs. And now he wheeled himself around, and he swam, and he did as much exercise as he could. And he also told me that he was in a coma for a long time. And he told me like this, while I was lying in my hospital bed, I experienced a number of very unusual dreams. And many of them were extremely powerful. I would like to tell you about one of them. So we sat together in the room, and it was ready, uh, you know, it was an empty room. People had already left the room. It was just me and him sitting in the room, me and Rami Weiss sitting in the room. And he told me a story about a boy named Rafal Simcha and about a man who knew what it was to really dive in for another year. And this is what he says to me. In my dream, I was lying in a hospital bed in terrible, terrible pain. My legs hurt. I could feel them throbbing. And I needed a doctor. I needed a nurse, somebody to come and help me, somebody to take away the pain. I tried calling out to the doctors, and there were so many doctors passing by, and none of them paid attention to me. I called out to the nurses, and they paid attention to me. Nobody even looked at me. I didn't understand what was going on. Why were they ignoring a patient who was in pain? So try as I might to get their attention. I, I kept on trying. Nobody came over to me. And finally, after what seemed like forever, a lady approached me, and she was very kind and concerned. She was wearing, she was dressed like a nurse, and she was wearing a head covering that looked like a turban, turban-style head covering. And she says to me, what's the matter? What's wrong? Why are you crying so much? I said, I'm in terrible pain. Where? So Avrami Wai says, I looked at her, I said, where would my legs used to be? So she says, I have a salve with me. Should I rub it on? I said, please now, rub it on right now. I'm in terrible pain. So she opens up a purse and she takes a salve out of the purse and applies it to my wounds. She bandages it very, very professionally. And she knew what she was doing. And she also seemed not just a professional, but somebody who was personally concerned about me. It wasn't just she was taking care of me in a professional way. It wasn't that she was detached. She was, she really cared. You could tell she really cared. And then she says to me when she finished bandaging me up, she says, is there anything else I could do for you? And I said, yes. What do you want? I said to her, I want to go to shul. All right, she says to me, I can arrange that. I'll have my son, Rafal Simcha Rosen, build a shul for you in his library. Now, that was a very strange statement. I never heard anybody a statement like that. I'll have my son build a shul for you in his library. It's a very strange, I never heard such a thing. But in the dream, you know, I just said to her, thank you. And then she disappeared. So that was just the beginning of this strange situation. Because the next thing I know, this kid, Rafal Simcha, appears and he takes me out of the hospital with my hospital bed, and he takes me to a shul that he built for me in his library. He put these, these walls around the area and he, where, that he placed around my bed so I could hear what was going on, but nobody could see me. It was like a very thoughtful type of arrangement. Davening started. That was the first time I had been able to daven with a minion in a very long time, and I was so happy to be in a shul for the first time in so long. It was really unbelievable. The chaz is, is, is saying the davening, the tefillahs, and I was uplifted. And all too soon, the minion came, was finished, the lights were turned off, and I was lying in the dark. 
and I was feeling lonely, and I was feeling confused, and I was all alone, and Rafal Simcha approached my bed, and I said to him, where did everyone go? He says, now that he is over, they went home. And I said to him, I want to go home too. And he said, oh, I'm sorry, Abram, you can't go home just yet. And I'm going to stay here and take care of you. And he did. That was my coma. That's what he said to me in the hotel in the shul. Eventually, I woke up from the coma, and I came back to this world. I was able to go home, and they, you should know, in his house today, it's built for someone in a wheelchair. Everything's changed. I was able to be home with my wife, my kids. My whole life was different. I could die with a minion now again. I could see my children. I could do mitzvahs. I could eat a Shabbos meal with my family. I was overjoyed to be alive. But I felt like I had unfinished business. I had seen this kid, Rafal Simcha, my dream. I met his mother, who was a nurse. I wanted to know why did she come to heal me in my coma? And why was Rafal Simcha the one who had been chosen to take care of me? When my life was hanging on that thin thread, I was in that coma. I was mamish, hovering between heaven and earth. Why wasn't that Rafal Simcha was the one chosen to take care of me? And his mother came and helped me. The fact is, I knew where Falsimcha was because he had lived in my neighborhood. He passed away at the, age of, at the age of three and a half, and his mother built a library in his memory. This family had come to help me when I was in a coma. The question was, why was it them? What was, what was the connection to me and this family? And I had this question, but I knew where his mother was. I figured, let me ask her. So I called up his mother on the phone, get Mrs. Rosen, and I said, Mrs. Rosen, this is Rami Weiss. Would you mind coming to see me in my house? She said, why? What's going on? I said, I saw your family while I was in my coma. I have some questions for you. And when she comes to my house and we're sitting across from each other, I realized to my surprise, this is not the nurse who took care of me in my dream. She's not the one who had put on the salve. She's not the one who sent Rafal Simcha to build a shul for me in the library. So I, it was the wrong person. So I didn't even go into the whole story with her. She wasn't the one who helped me. The question was, who was the one who helped me and why? Months went by. Every so often, I would hear somebody say to me the name Usher Rosen. People would say, you want to fix that? Speak to Usher Rosen. You want to go there? Speak to Usher Rosen. Usher Rosen is your guy. Who was Usher Rosen? Rafal Simchasad. So I thought to myself, it's a sign from Shemayim. Probably he could explain what took place in my dream. And I called him. I said, Rabbi Usher, this is Avrami Weiss. He said, Shalom Aleichem, how are you? I said, I'm doing much better, and Baruch Hashem getting stronger every day. He says, what can I do for you? And I said to Rabbi Hashem, when I was in the coma, I had a number of highly unusual dreams, but unlike regular dreams which disappear from a person's mind, when they wake up, I can remember every detail of what happened. He says to me, every detail, I said, every single detail, crystal clear, as if it happened to me yesterday. He says, all right. I said, one of the dreams had to do with your family, and your son, Rafal Simchal Vashon. He says, my son? And, and somehow... You know, it was funny. He didn't sound like he was so surprised. I said, yes, your son. He was in my dream. And I said, can you come over to my house so we could walk this through? I can't, I can't get out of my mind. And I want to talk to you. I have a feeling that you have the key to what happened. And he says, I'm coming. And he came over and we talked. And I told him about the dreams. And he listened. And he was nodding from time to time. And I said to him, and then this woman, I think she was a nurse. She put salve on my legs. And I recognized her. But she asked me if there's anything else she could do for me. And I told her I wanted to go to shul. And then she said, I'll have my son, Rafal Simcha, build a shul for you in his library. And the next thing I knew, Rafal Silcha came to take me to shul. It was shul he built for me in his library. It was the strangest thing. It was the first time I went to shul since I was in an accident. Rabbi Asher, you help me out. Do you have any idea why your son came to me while I was in the coma? Who was the woman who sent him? I did meet your wife recently. It's not the same lady. Asher Rosen was quiet. And when he spoke, everything began to make sense. This is what he said to me. All Beit Shemesh knew how much you suffered after your car accident. We were always receiving updates. Everyone was davening for you. 
All the shuls were saying to Hillim. Everyone was concerned. We are more than concerned. Everyone in the neighborhood likes you. Everyone, in, you're a friend. You're a friendly face. And everyone was so sad that you were in such pain. And then came the crisis. We heard you were battling for your life. We heard that you were a fever that went to 107. The doctors even put you in a bath of ice to try to bring it down. We knew this was it. You were fighting to wake up from your coma, fighting for your life. And the whole neighborhood got together to David Suddenly, Rav Asha says to me, Avrami, there's something you don't know. I said, what's that? The lady I'm married to, the lady who dedicated the library in Rafal Simcha's memory, it's not his mother. Rafal Simcha's mother was a nurse. She was a very, very dedicated nurse who took care of her patients with tremendous devotion. And she caught a virus from one of her patients and she passed away. You know what was worse? The fact that she had been expecting Rafal Simcha when she caught the virus. He was born with it too. A very, very serious prognosis. And after Rafal Simcha's mother passed away, I wanted to get remarried. But then I had a dream. And in the dream, I was told that my son would pass away shortly after my second marriage. I got very scared. I had been warned from Shemaim not to get married again. I was told that the second I get married, my son is going to be taken from me. Like the second, but pretty soon afterwards. So what do you do in such a situation? I did what anyone would do, what any yid would do. I went to my rabbi. I asked him what to do. And he says to me, don't get involved in the Cheshwanis V'Shemaim, Ba'adik Hashan Rachmana. What are you getting involved in, in Hashem's Cheshvayness? In other words, I was not supposed to worry about these things. I have no control over these things. It's not my job to run the world. So I listened to my Rebbe, and I remarried when my son was about three years old. Shortly after his fall, Simcha became very sick. And he passed away a few months later when he was three and a half. And that's when my wife, Fosimcha's stepmother, decided to dedicate the library in his memory. And now you know why you didn't recognize the woman in your dream, because that woman was Fosimcha's biological mother, my first wife. So I said to him, okay, now I understand. How come I didn't recognize? But what were they even doing there? Why did they come to me? I asked him. And he says to me, Avrami, you want to know why they came to help you? You want to know why they came to save you? You want to know why if all Simcha came and took you to the shul that he built for you in the library? Because I begged him to go to you. I was like, what are you talking about? He says, Avrami, I was in shul. I was davening for you. On the day when you were... His soul was just jumping between here and there, between life and death. And I looked up and I spoke to my son at Shemaim and I said, Rafael Simcha, I'm asking you to help Avrami Weiss. And I want you to stay with him and I want you to take care of him. Those were the very words your son used. When his mother sent to tell me, I said, the same words you used in your plea, somehow your tefillah in Shemaim ended up sending Rafael Simcha's mother, who was a nurse, to help me feel better. And your, your tefillah also sent Rafael Simcha to me. When I needed him the most, when I needed him to take me to shul, to stay and take care of me. Rami says to me, that's the story of the boy in the library, the story of his mother, the nurse who healed me, the story of his father, the man who saved my life with his tefillahs, even though we barely even knew each other at the time. It's a story of achtos. It's a story of it's a story of love and concern we should all have for one another. That's what happened. I sat with Rami Weiss. And afterwards, we went to the Avon Milcha, I remember. And I'll tell you something. Afterwards, I saw Rami and Ramat Bichemesh, and we had other stories, and we got together from time to time. I haven't seen him in a while. But I'll never forget, sitting in the hall after my speech, and this man in the wheelchair coming over to speak to me, telling me this story about how a person davened, and how his tefillahs went up to Shemayim, and how they were able to influence and save his life. A true story. I heard it from the person it happened to. And I really feel these stories are meant for us to realize that when we dive in, it's not just 
with davening. It's a real thing. And when you look at a Kodesh Baruch Hu, you could daven to him, you could daven, you know, a Kodesh Baruch Hu, and you could ask for what you want, you could thank a Kodesh Baruch Hu, which is the better way of davening. But there's another thing you can do. You could go to Hashem and you could speak to him like, you know, when your son comes to you in the middle of a meeting, a business meeting, let's say, at home, you're working at home, your son comes to you and he says, Mommy, I need you. Or Tati, I need you. And you're like, I'm working now, I'm doing this. And he doesn't care because he knows you're his mother, you're his father, and you're going to stop what you're doing to help him. He has a chutzpah to interrupt you because he knows that you are going to answer him. He, in his mind, there's no doubt that you, that you have to stop him. If you david to Hashem and you say to Hashem like, like as if he's your father, like you have no doubt at all, you scream and you beg as if he's your father. And you say, I'm talking to you like a child to his father. I need this, right? I'm asking you to help me with this. Thank you for everything you do. But at this point, I need you to help me. And I'm asking you like a child to his father. Do you really think Hashem could ignore that? Very hard. You know, I, I, there were times when I, in my life that I've heard to Hashem like a father, like a father, like a father. Tefillahs like that, the Baruch Shalom, and usually you get a sign afterwards that Hashem is there and hearing what you what you did. That's David. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.